Welcome to Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast hosted by Ben Tucker and Eric Briggs, two lifelong Panthers fans from North Carolina. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual observer, this is the Panthers podcast for you. Do us a favor, click on the link tree in our bio and give us a follow on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome into another episode of Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast. This is episode 18. We're recording this on Monday night, just a few days after the depressing loss to the Chicago Bears. Um, Just been licking our wounds the last few days. Wanted to give a few days to kind of, you know, process everything. Um, How you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm glad we gave it enough time for the tears to evaporate. It was... uh... (laughs) It was a rough game uh, to watch. I, I think I'm now over it. Um, but uh, other than that, it was a good weekend. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Yeah, it, it's over it. I don't know if I can say I'm over it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, we went into that game. Let's let's rewind a little bit. We we went to the Texans game. You mm-hmm. and I and my brother and. I mean, it wasn't, you know, a, there weren't fireworks. It wasn't like the best performance ever on offense, but we won. And, you know, mm-hmm. Bryce outplayed CJ Stroud and things were looking up. And, um, you know, towards the end of the game there, it was an electric atmosphere. And, yep, uh, you know, you turn around the next week and we play the Colts and uh, we get beat pretty badly. The two pick sixes, you know, that Bryce threw and, Defense only gave up, what, 13 or 14 points, but we still mm-hmm. lost by two touchdowns. And so, you know, just kind of a – we went backwards. We went backwards that game. But then you kind of you move on from that, and you are going into the Chicago game, and it's like, okay, Justin Fields isn't playing. It's Tyson Badgent, the, mm-hmm. you know, Division two undrafted r- rookie quarterback for right. the Bears. It's in Chicago, but, I mean, we have Bryce Young. We have the number one pick. You know, surely we're going to beat Tyson Badgent, and yep. we didn't. And we go out, and our offense—I don't think our offense has looked that bad the entire season. Like that might be the worst that it's looked the whole season. It, it was atrocious. Yeah, it it, le- it legitimately was. No touchdowns. What was it? Just a few field goals. Yep, it was. Uh, it was ugly. Had the the um, punt return, Amir Smith Marset. You are a, uh, Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and brag on yourself a little bit. I mean, go ahead, okay. go ahead and I'll tell brag. the people what happened. I'll brag. I'll tell the people what happened. So uh, just, I mean, it wasn't just me. There were other people saying similar things, but I tweeted out a couple days before the game, you know, I really hope Amir Smith-Marset gets an opportunity sometime soon because we've talked about this for me, like, mm-hmm. and for you, his, his preseason highlights with the Chiefs were more impressive than just about anything we've seen from a Panthers receiver not named Adam Thielen. Yep. And so, you know, I tweeted out a couple of days before the game, hey, really hope Amir Smith-Marset gets another or gets more of an opportunity. Um, and I tagged him in my posts and everything and put a put his photo and I was just like, keep pounding, whatever. Well, then um, the next day I saw that he had uh, somebody actually, I can't remember who it was, somebody let me know that he had retweeted me. And so I was like, oh, cool. oh, that's cool. 
Okay. Really so he's cool. paying, he's paying attention. You know, he knows, he knows kind of what's going on. And then he goes out and scores a touchdown on a punt return. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely his biggest contribution of the season. It was awesome. Electric play. And, uh, you know, I think I can take a little bit of credit there. Yeah. I think, and I think you should. I, I do think, uh, you know, it was so disappointing yeah. not to ride that wave of emotion and momentum into something better. Yeah. Um, you know, I went back and I looked cause I watched the highlights. Uh, it's been a few days and I had to put myself through that again, emotionally, but <laughs> I watched the highlights and I noticed that there seemed to be a vast difference in the first 15 plays of the game, which are typically you come in scripted yeah. versus the, versus the rest of the game. If you watch the beginning couple of drives, there was a nine play drive, I think. And there was another like, okay, drive. but like Bryce for at least twice uh, made first downs with his feet yep. and he was doing that kind of like it, it looked like an offense that was moving the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you if you think of that as like the end of our second drive is like the end of the first fifteen plays because that's basically what it was. Yeah. Then the rest of the game was shit. Awful. Uh, but the beginning of it wasn't. And, and then I think uh, probably like in the third quarter there was a, like a period of time like towards the beginning of the third quarter maybe middle of it where we were moving the ball a little bit. We had we had a few good plays, but um, it just, there there just seems to be a disconnect mm-hmm. between what they have all the time in the world to practice during the week. I say that loosely, but you know what I mean. Like they're they've put these plays together, yeah. Versus everything else that comes after it, I just I don't understand. I don't either. I, I and don't get it. I think in those in that grouping of scripted plays that you're talking about. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had that one pretty deep completion to an undra uh, not an undraft to a practice squad guy that most of most Panthers fans have never even heard of. I mean, I, I don't no, even remember was, his name. I, I, well, I have it straight straight chain. straight. Yeah, however you say it. Chan? We don't even know how to say it. I mean, he's a practice squad guy. Apparently, he was with Reich in Indianapolis at one point. But like, he comes out. And he caught it, and I remember thinking, like, "Oh, TMJ? No, not TMJ. Mm-hmm. That's that's not Mingo. Who who is that?" And then they mm-hmm. said his name, and I was like, "Who is this Ooh. guy?" Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the our our most explosive play of the season goes mm-hmm. to a guy that hasn't gotten any playing time up to this point. But that that was a great play design, a great was, play call. Bryce put a, a good throw. ball on him, great yep. throw, and I think. The rest of the game, we maybe attempted one, maybe two other deep-ish passes. Yeah. One of them was on the final possession of the game, which which I'll get to. But, yeah, I don't know, man. That's like It's frustrating um, that you know they're coming out in some of these games. Think about the Miami game. Remember? Like, we came out in that game the first couple of possessions and looked good, yeah, too. It's, it's a normal thing. That's my Scored point. I went back and looked at it with that lens of like scripted versus non-scripted. It's a thing. What's well, it? It's about, I guess, when you look at the non-scripted stuff, you know, like in-game adjustments, you know, yeah. Thomas Brown's not- a new play caller. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that has something to do with it, but there's some, some kind of disconnect there. I mean, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, obviously stating the obvious here, but it doesn't, it doesn't help that our 
you know, our offensive line continues to be, which they were actually a little bit better against the Bears. Um, but it's still the same. It's still the same problems. The offensive line, they're not protecting well enough. You know, Bryce is having to run for his life too too often. The, the receivers, no one outside of Adam Thielen is consistently doing anything. Yep. It's just like I'm tired of talking about it. We're all tired of talking about it and watching it. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, I do think that there was a sense of hope um, you know, like you were mentioning after the Texans game, because there had been a steady improvement from Bryce, you know, yeah. up to that point, we had a, it was, we had like a last drive to win the game type deal. Like it, you know, it was everything was looking up, everything was looking good. And I remember that the general um, feeling, the general vibe of the fan base that I am familiar with, like, everybody was feeling pretty good about stuff. Right. Yeah. And it was even like, Hey man, we might win like six games. Like we even, <laughs> we looked at the rest of the schedule. We're still like, in this. Like, Oh, there's only two, two games that I feel like we're going to lose. Other than that, like we got a chance, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it just has been the exact opposite of what we all thought was going to happen over the following two weeks. And it's like, it's like it's like a feeling where like you know something good is going to happen like you're going to get a, a a certain present for your birthday right like you just know that you're going to get that present and then you go open up the box and it's something totally different it's like it's so deflating <laughs> yeah. right because like you're you're like oh right. i thought i was going to be getting this this is what i really wanted and then now we're going to we're going to give you something totally unrelated and frustrating and that's what this feels like and yeah. nobody did it intentionally i think it was just all of us um trying to grasp at straws and we saw a little bit of a lifeline of a good game and thought that that meant that we had turned a corner and that doesn't seem to be the case and for me that's the most frustrating part about it yeah i mean it, and it was i mean grasping at straws probably yeah but it was we were making we were making progress up to that point uh, bryce had looked he had looked progressively a little bit better every game and it sort of culminated in the Texans game where, which again, we were there in person. We saw him, we saw CJ Stroud in person. Obviously mm -hmm. it goes without saying like CJ Stroud on the season is playing just out of his mind. Like he's an MVP. Mm -hmm. He's a legitimate MVP candidate right now for a lot of people, um, which is insane for a rookie. But that day Bryce outplayed him. CJ Stroud yeah. looked pretty pedestrian that day. Jiro Evero, yeah. our defense played well. And Bryce, um, that was the best that Bryce had looked. He looked in control the whole game. He was making plays. And so just, God, man, to come out the last couple of weeks with how the team has looked and then just kind of seeing him regress a little bit in the last couple of weeks, it's really disheartening. Um, but I don't know. Maybe Maybe we can turn it around. Probably not this week against the Cowboys. Yeah, this um, was going to be the uh, one of the two weeks that uh yeah. we said we were going to lose right. even when we thought we were playing better. So Right. Uh what did you think? I mean, it kind of goes without saying that I thought our defense did their job again against the Bears, you know. Yeah. They I mean, what more is there to say? They they're doing their they're doing their job. They're yeah. holding it down and they're getting zero support from the offense. 
Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, just... it's when you hold teams to, uh, we held the Texans to 13 points. We held the Colts to 13 or 14 points. We held the Bears to 16, um, 16 points. I mean, most, if you have a even semi competent offense, we should be, we should be three and zero in those three games. Yeah. But, but we're not. <laughs> we're one and two. Uh, but anyway, it's, I mean, anything else from the, I don't really have anything else to say about the bears game. It was just disappointing. Yep. Uh, disappointing is about it. Yeah. (laughs) What about, uh, what about our coach? What about Frank Reich? His, uh, his interview today. I know we both got a chance to watch that. What did you have any takeaways? Yeah, I, I saw some of it. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to watch all of it, but I I was struck with like his sense of being at the podium and just like his presence at the podium. And I remember kind of having a familiar, like a similar feeling when he was named the coach and he had kind of started to doing, do a few press conferences. He came across as the CEO that's relatively, you know, um, not a big, huge personality in the room. Right. But like, like a quiet confidence type deal. Right. Like that's, that's how he came across and how I perceived it. And I was noticing today when he was talking, he's delivering things in exactly the same way, but the rose colored glasses are gone. (laughs) Right. Right. And now he just seems like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Like the, the, the quiet confidence and the getting the benefit of the doubt and whatever, uh, it's, it's gone and whatever he, whatever came out of his mouth, I didn't really even care. Like, and I hate saying that, but like what he was saying didn't matter. It no. just didn't matter. No, he seems it did. It is different. Somebody commented on the uh, press conference video on YouTube. Like, has he aged more? Like his hair looks more gray now <laughs> than it did on Friday. Did he really? That's interesting. Cause like I, I had, I didn't look at any of that. It was just like, I saw it and I watched him for yeah. 15 seconds and I was just struck by this. Yeah. He, this man does, seems like he has no idea what's happening. He seems, he seems a little defeated. Uh, yeah. He seems a little disheveled and frankly, a little unprepared to answer some of the questions with how he's sort of fumbling, you know, fumbling his words a little bit and not really making a ton of sense when he answers certain questions. I mean, he was, this has been a theme. Um, This team, this team has no identity on offense. Uh, And that's clear when you watch the games, but it's also clear when you listen to him answer questions. I mean, they were asking him today about, about that. And, a uh, quote from Frank Reich. He said, we want to be a physical football team who can run the ball on their own terms. Do we want to be a smash mouth power run team? No, that's not, that's not who we're trying to be. Okay. Um, got it. So I think one thing that's frustrating for a lot of Panthers fans is that last year we were a smash mouth, run it down your throat team. And this offensive line excelled at that. This year, the offensive line has been terrible. And I think it's pretty apparent at this point that part of the reason 
that the offensive line has regressed so much is because they're not cut out for the scheme that Frank Reich and Thomas Brown are trying to run. Um, they're not, they're trying to use, they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole with some of these players mm-hmm. with the scheme that they're trying to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, it's contradictory. Like he says, we want to be a physical team that can run the ball on our own terms, but we don't want to be a smash mouth power run team. Like, I just don't, well, it doesn't I make mean, sense I- to me. I think that they want to be doing more. They want to run the ball, but they don't want to just line up in a power eye formation and run between the tackles every time. I th- yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably what he's saying. It's like, hey, we want to run the ball. We want to. We want to, but we want to do it our way. We don't want to just stay, you know, running right up the middle. Or, but the and, I'm, and just, I, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. No, no, that sounds right. But they're trying to run like this spread, like. Bryce is in shotgun 98% of the time. This kind of spread college style offense, offense almost. And, but they also want to be a physical football team who can run the ball on their own terms. Those two things don't really seem like they go together. Uh, they were also well, asked, they also asked Bryce or not Bryce, uh, Frank Reich about, you know, Bryce being under center, um, which a lot of people have kind of commented on. And he, he kind of said, you know, it's a different, there's philosophical differences um, when it comes to quarterbacks being under center, being in shotgun, and Bryce is just better. Uh, he's he's more comfortable in shotgun, and he's that's what he's really good at, but he's comfortable being under center. I don't know. It just, every question that he answered about like their philosophy or or their identity on offense, he just, there's no clear answers. <laughs> it's just, it's all over the place. It's all over yeah. the place because because he doesn't have any, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I'm looking at uh, well, if we want to be a, you know, a running team, maybe the marquee running back that we signed should get more than minus five yards. Yeah, that would help. I'm I'm not joking. Two no, rushes, yeah. minus five yards. Two. He had two carries. Two carries. For minus five, minus yards. five yards, negative two and a half per carry. It's solid. I mean, that's 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 the number I would get, and I would just sit down. We got more like, rushing yards sitting on the couch. God, Jesus, I mean, it's. So anyway, we, I wasn't meaning. I wasn't meaning to take it back to that, but it is no, no, no. like we we got we got the ball run down our throats by Deontay Foreman, who was running behind this offensive line last year. We let the man go. Mm-hmm. We could have we could have signed him for not much. We mm-hmm. go get Miles Sanders, pay him an ass load of money. Yep, and we used him for minus five yards while Deontay Foreman ran over us for eighty in a touchdown. We literally so, could have had the same backfield as last year with four. That's four four of our five current starters on the offensive line are from last year. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy how how bad they've looked. And we've and we took our number that. one rushing option and our number one passing option and gave them to the bears, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, and the funny thing is um, uh, DJ Moore and Deontay Foreman currently, as it stands right now, are their two best offensive players. <laughs> so frustrating. Um, something else that they mentioned, uh, they talked about a little bit was 
one of the reporters asked him about play calling. And again, he didn't have a clear answer for whether or not Thomas Brown was going to continue calling plays. He, (laughs) he kind of said, you know, it's, uh, you know, we haven't really, I haven't fully worked my way through that yet. Uh, it's something that we're continuing to talk about again. Like, I think we both have thoughts on this one in particular. What, what did you, what were you going to say about, about the play calling thing? Well, again, you sound like you don't know what's happening. Like yeah. not you, but like he, like yeah. he sounds like he has no idea what's happening. Yeah. And if somebody asks, if a reporter asks you a question and the question is, is are, are you going to change up the way you're doing play calling and who's calling the plays unequivocally? His answer needs to be no. This was, this was the plan, right? This is how we're moving forward with it. We're not right. changing the play caller. This is how we're going to end the season. No, no more questions about it. And then right. move on because move he, because there is no way that he can take back play calling because it's not like we were winning with him. He gave the play right. calling up and then we started losing. We were losing more with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> then, then now. So you don't get to just say, give it, you know, give it back. I can do it better. Yeah. I posed, I posed this question or I, I posted something about this on Twitter earlier today. Cause I wanted to see what people's thoughts were. And it was actually, a little bit of a mixed a mixed bag of what people thought but um essentially i was just saying that kind of reiterating what you were just talking about that you and i both agree that hey at this point you know if you're frank reich you made the decision to hand over play calling to thomas brown mm-hmm. um you've talked about how much confidence you have in thomas brown you've talked about how uh this is going to be great for that, that marriage of Bryce Young and Thomas Brown to, to start working together and get comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. But then three games in to Thomas Brown calling plays, you're, you're, be, you're waffling and being kind of wishy-washy about whether or not he's going to continue doing it. Like It just it shows a lack of um, decisiveness on mm-hmm. his part. Um, I think it makes him look kind of a little weak from a leadership standpoint. Um, and also it's, it's not good for Bryce young, in my opinion, like he needs to have, like you said it, he needs to have consistency, like the same person in his needs to be in his ear. He needs to be able to develop that rapport and that relationship with Thomas Brown. And I know that, and some people said this on Twitter that like, Hey, the offense actually looked a little bit better in retrospect when Frank Reich was calling plays. Okay. Maybe marginally the only game that we've won who was calling plays? Thomas Brown. Did the offense look fantastic? Did we look like the Kansas City Chiefs? No, but we still won the game. It's just like I just for so many different reasons, I just think the optics of it of it also look terrible. If if he were to go to flip flop and go back to him calling plays, so I don't know. I just I don't like that at all. Uh, something something else that was kind of interesting. So. Um, a reporter asked, they mentioned how after the Thursday night football game, Kirk Herbstreet, who was on the call for the game, uh, and I'm so appreciative that he called this out. He said, you know, the 
he thinks the problem with the Panthers is that they simply don't have the players, the specific players, to run the kind of offensive scheme that they're trying to run, which is mm-hmm. kind of what we were just talking about earlier with the offensive line. Yep. So the reporter said this and asked Reich what his thoughts were on that. And Frank Reich essentially said, no, we have all the players we need. And of course he's going to say this, but he's going to have to say that. Yeah. Right. He said, you know, no, we have all the players we need to win football games. We don't need anybody else. We have winning receivers. We just have to play winning football. Okay. Of course he's, he's going to say that publicly. That's fair. That's fine. But no, you don't, you don't have all the players that you need to win football no. games. You don't have winning receivers. Uh, Cause Adam Thielen's the only one doing much of anything talked about uh, just real quick. Cause I forgot to mention this. You saw it. I think toward a lot of people were upset about it towards the end of the game. You know, um, that final drive, Bryce Young threw that ball down the right sideline to Jonathan Mingo. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, when I was watching it live, I threw my hands up and yelled. And I was looking around the room for somebody to commiserate with because he stopped. He, he slowed down on his route. Yep. The ball landed inbounds. And th- that could have been ball game. That could have either been a touchdown or at the very least he catches it runs out of bounds and we have a much, much, much closer attempt at a field goal, assuming Mm -hmm. maybe we don't get it into the end zone. Um, But I was watching the game by myself and I was so like shocked at how bad that looked watching it live that I was like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, Oh my God, that's so bad. Mm -hmm. And that's just like a perfect microcosm of what the, the help or the lack of help that I feel like Bryce has gotten from any receiver outside of Adam Thielen for the most part this season. Yeah. You know, Adam Thielen, I don't know if you saw this, but he came out, he had an, uh, quoted in an interview about, and just like ripped into everybody uh, on the offense. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, we can't do this. We, yeah. we sure as hell can't do this when we have a defense that's playing the way that they are. Right. Like, it's embarrassing. You know, it really is. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Your mama taught you well. Yeah, I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> yep. Well, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the hot seat. Um, I mean, do you think? I think. I think some people were thinking that maybe this morning, as of this morning, they'd wake up to the news that either Scott Fitter or Frank Reich had been fired. That was not the case. Um, but I mean, do you think that one or both of them is on the hot seat? Like, you know, the rest of this season or towards the end of the season, where are you at with that? Uh, I, I would be shocked if Fitterer doesn't get fired at some point. Yeah. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, because now Frank Wright coming in obviously has some say in personnel, but the buck stops with Scott Fitterer. Yeah. And he wanting to be in on every deal and whatever, like the, the buck stops with him. He, he yeah. can't pass it anywhere else. So unless we literally went out, I do not see how Fitterer is the GM after the end of the season. Um, I think that that would be, 
I, I think that, man, I, I want to say that it would be an easy uh, spot to fill. But because, you know, you got Bryce Young here, you you know, you got yeah. Frank Wright, you know, I mean, the same, like all the good coaching and, you know, but I don't, th- I think it would be very, very difficult to fill. I don't think anybody wants this job. Um, and I, but I, I think we're going to have to try to fill it. I don't think that Frank Wright is on the hot seat. Um, I think that regardless of him going, you know, one and eight or whatever we are at this point, you can't bring in a coach and then give him one year and then fire him. You can't do that. And if you do good luck trying to hire another coach. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the un. I mean, I feel like that's the reality of the situation that a lot of people don't want to accept is that like we get it none of us are happy with Frank Reich we none of us are happy with the current situation but the optics of that are, don't look good at all and it seems like there's already sort of a stigma attached to David Tepper around the NFL mm-hmm. considering that last off season when we were you know during the coach the hiring cycle we had Ben Johnson the Lions offensive coordinator who David Tepper was reportedly salivating over and he ended up not um, not interviewing for our head coaching position and decided to go back to Detroit. D'Amico Ryans for the Houston Texans, he was pretty hot coaching name and he declined an interview for the Panthers. Um, you know, so yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I think it would be, a little difficult maybe to find the right candidate. I mean, I do think that money talks at the same time. David Tepper has a lot of it. He can throw sure. it, throw it around. And, you know, if, if, if there's a, let's just say, let's just say he fired Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer. If yeah. Ben Johnson from the lions is interviewing again for head coaching positions, and he's able to maybe come in with the new GM and they kind of build things together. I could see something like that working out. I think I can't even believe I'm saying this because this is the first time I'm thinking it. It might be <laughs> if if David Tepper is going to fire somebody, maybe he should fire both of them. Maybe he should start fresh because he's done this flip flopping thing for the last few years. I mean, you had Ron Rivera and Marty Herney. Here, he fires Ron Rivera. Marty Herney sticks around. He hires Matt Rule. He fires Marty Herney. He hires Scott Fitterer. He fires Matt Rule. Yeah. It, it, like a lot of teams, a lot of some of the most successful situations have been when the GM and the coach come in together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is to do. That's why we don't get paid to make these decisions. But it, it just. Well, yeah, I think that you know your point of like money talks. You're right. But if I have a team that's willing to pay me $3 million a year and I'm going to possibly win some championship and I have David Tepper who's willing to pay me $4 million, life's going to be miserable. Yeah. I, I might, 
I might go for the championships, you know, and, and, but that's, that's going to be the reality of the situation. And we turn around and have to go, I mean, you and I've talked about sales and marketing on this podcast a couple of times. Yeah. He's going to have to, he's going to have to, when I say he, I mean, Tepper, he's going to have to market this team to somebody else in order to fill a vacancy because somebody's getting fired. So in order to do that, there's going to have to be a good, a good story. And right now it is not a Cinderella story. It's not the story that a lot of us were hoping certainly and thinking might happen of just equaling the record from last year, just equaling what we did last year. Yeah. And to not even be able to sniff that when we let that coach go. Yep. It's just like, like, just if you look at it in totality and from a holistic perspective, like it's, it looks really bad. It looks like we have continued to make the wrong decision every time we could make a decision. Yeah. And Tepper's not going to fire himself, but heads are going to have to roll at this point again, unless we just went out and, you know, I've talked about this winning cures, all things. Yeah. Last year, we everything was terrible. We won those last six games. And it was salvageable, right? Yeah. Like winning, winning solves a lot of those things. Uh, but right now, we're doing none of it, and David Tepper is not going to just put up with it. I think I, on Friday morning, I texted you and I said I would not want to be in Tepper's office this morning. No, no. So uh, I don't. I don't know who's going to get fired. But somebody's going to get fired. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to happen. Yeah. As far as I just want to take a moment and pour one out for Panthers fans, for all of us, because it sucks. It sucks right now. It really sucks. Um, I mean, you talked about it. We won, we miraculously won seven games last year. With an interim coach, and yep. you would, we all, we all expected that it's like, oh, we won seven games last year with with that situation. Well, we're gonna we're gonna at least equal that. Then yep. we're gonna build. We're gonna build on that. Yeah. And but th- but in the midst of that, you let some key players go, and uh, you know we'd be remiss if we didn't mention again that all of this is exacerbated by the CJ Stroud of it all. Mm -hmm. He's I'm human. You know, I've, I was a Bryce guy. I am a Bryce guy. I love Bryce. He's our, he's our quarterback and I'm happy and I'm thrilled that he's our quarterback, but I'm human. I'd be lying if I said I haven't had second thoughts, you know, I think it's only natural when, the guy that was picked right after him is, has looked the way he's looked. And mm-hmm. like we've talked about, it's a completely different, it's a different situation when you're looking at it logically um, and rationally, it's a different situation. It's a different coach. It's a different offensive coordinator, different mm-hmm. receivers, different, you know, offensive line play, all that stuff. And there's, there's no guarantee that if we would have picked CJ Stroud, that he would look any better than Bryce has so far maybe he would look a little better maybe not but the cj stroud being here wouldn't fix 
all of these other issues that we've talked no. about. We don't have a quarterback problem. We have a systemic problem. Right. Right. That's the deal. It's not the quarterback. It's it's the system and the it's structure. an organizational problem. Yeah. It's a Tepper problem. It's a it's yeah. a process problem with the front office with Scott Fidrer. A lot of the decisions that they've made and you know, we we kind of talked about it when Phil when Phil Perkins was on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, he kind of we were kind of like, well, if you if you hate Scott Fitter, you kind of have to hate the Bryce Young pick. And you know, I I don't know. I don't necessarily feel that way. I think I think you can you can still be excited that we traded up to number one and drafted a quarterback, and you can still be excited about Bryce Young and and also acknowledge that. Almost every other decision, seemingly, <laughs> that Scott Fitterer has made has been bad, has not turned out well. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, you traded away DJ Moore when you could have traded Burns or Brown, and you tried to, you know, Frankenstein your way into cobbling together this patchwork of offensive skill players that you – they genuinely, they obviously genuinely felt like was going to work yep. or otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Um, yep. But it just hasn't, it just hasn't. And uh, I, somebody's, somebody's going to have to go, but we will see. Um, all right. Last thing, Cowboys. <laughs> oh God. What's any thoughts? I mean, I kind of don't even want to watch this game. <laughs> yeah, what's uh say like, what's the spread and I'm going to say we lose by more than that. <laughs> it's I mean, really rough. It's going to be rough. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I want to I know I was just going to say I want to be positive. I always want to like be positive about the team and you know, root for the team and I I always will do that, but I don't think anybody thinks we're going to win this game or, or even do well in this game. I mean, I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath personally. I think that we're, I, we've gone back to the, we just want to see some growth. Mindset. Yeah. I just want to see some progression, some growth. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately yeah. I, I allowed myself to take that, that hat off after the, the Texans game, right? Cause the, we finally won one things yeah. are going in the right direction. Um, but that was, that was too soon. We, we are still need to celebrate the small victories <laughs> that just don't show up on the scoreboard. So what would, what specifically would be a, something that you could lead, you know, assuming we lose to the Cowboys, Yeah. even if we lose, if we come away from it, being able to say X, Y, or Z, what would, what would something like that be for you? Um, to me, it's, we need to like sustained drives. Okay. Right. So for me, like we don't have to sustain all of them, but we need to, we need to have some drives that were like the drive at the end of the Texans game that took six minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, so that's what I want to see defensively. I think we're, we're doing pretty well. Uh, I saw that uh, horn and somebody else, I think are coming off of, uh, IR, maybe? Uh, Ian Thomas, or they're and, designated um, to return. Yeah, JC Horn. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm not concerned necessarily about the defense. I think they're doing okay. Special teams, Panero has looked pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that they freaking set him up with a 59 yard field goal. Right. Uh, what the what the hell? What, what, like whatever. And did you uh, see so him me, after that? By the way, did you see the camera on him? You haven't seen that? No, I didn't see that. Oh my god, I got to send that to you. So right after the camera zoomed in on him, right after mm -hmm. he missed the field goal. He literally yeah. looked over to the sideline and just went. Told you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Just he's like, not I mean, a like, he's like, was, I mean, so stupid. we're in Chicago on a cold Thursday night, like, and I don't have the leg for that on a, in, you know, on a normal summer day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. do it. And he, he was just like, eh, I tried. I knew I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> you guys paid me to lose, to miss that kick. So that's fine. And and by um, the way, not to go back to the to the Bears game, but the back to the, indecif the indecisiveness. Damn, I can't talk with Frank Reich. He he now is saying that oh yeah, I screwed up. I should have let Bryce. I should have let given Bryce that opportunity to um, you know to try and win that game to on fourth down. Um, but you got C.J. Stroud in the text. D'Amico Ryan's is showing confidence in his rookie quarterback, but you're pulling your rookie quarterback out of the game, kicking a 60-yard field goal that you know your kicker can't make. Hey, Bryce, don't you say it with me, buddy. The week is over. Like that, that, that game is done. We can just tie it to a balloon and let it go. It's kind of I'm good. I'm good now. I've exercised my demons. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you with that. What, <laughs> what so were you good. saying? I was just saying anything for me that is a positive growth has to be on the offensive side of the ball. And yeah. to, for me, that is the ability to keep our quarterback upright yeah. and have some sustained drives. What about you? What is, what is it look, what is kind of like success, marginal success look like for you? It's all on the offensive side of the ball. I um, like we, like we said, our defense has been playing great. Um, I, I personally I know that they're going to give up points against the Cowboys. So that's sure. not even a question. Yeah. I'm expecting that. Um, but the Cowboys have a good defense. So if our offense can come out and like you said, sustain drives, actually move the ball. I would like to see a couple of touchdowns. Is that too much to ask? I would like to see a touchdown or two, maybe um, some successful drives. I would like to see more. I want to see more aggressiveness on offense. I know we've talked about it. We don't have people. We don't have the personnel necessarily, but we we had a practice squad guy come in and we completed a 50-yard pass to him and we were able to scheme him open. There's no reason we can't scheme DJ Chark open or scheme Jonathan Mingo open because I would venture to bet that the two of them are just as, if not more, talented receivers than the guy from the practice squad that called a 50 yard bomb. So I just want to see more aggressiveness, not only from a play calling perspective, but honestly from Bryce young, I, I want to yeah. see him take, take a few more chances down the field because it feels like he's a little bit, I'm not saying that guys have just been wide open. I'm not saying that at all, but it feels like he's a little bit hesitant, a little bit gun shy um, maybe it's that guys just aren't getting open enough for him to feel comfortable throwing it deep. Maybe it's that he doesn't trust guys enough to throw it deep. I don't know what it is. Um, I just would, I would like to see some more explosive plays and some more aggressiveness on offense. And I want to see Bryce 
um, stay, I'd like to see his Jersey stay clean and stay as upright as possible. And, you know, hopefully we can eliminate the tur- turnovers. I just like to see him. But in saying that again, I also know that the more aggressive you are, the higher likelihood you have of potentially throwing interceptions. But I would rather the ball get intercepted on a 50 yard bomb down the field mm-hmm. than a five yard screen pass over Miles Sanders' head. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I just think you have to you have to have the appetite for the mistakes if you're yeah. going to push for the for sure the risk. And I'm fine at this point. We're one and eight. I mean. CJ Stroud has run away with offensive rookie of the year. I don't care about stats anymore, like personally. So I'm fine. Like Bryce, if he throws three interceptions again, as long as they're, you know, him trying to be aggressive, then I'll be fine. <laughs> but um, any score predictions from you? <laughs> a lot to a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's just, it's, you know, it's one of those where make sure you have good food because you're going to spend a lot of time like looking down at your plate instead of the game. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, um, anything else on your end before we hop off here? I think I'm good. No, we're going to, like I said, tie this to a balloon. We're going to let it go. And, uh, you know, next week is another week. We're going to see see how it goes. But um, just got to see some, some progress. That's the name of the game. Yep. I agree. Let's get some progress going. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening or for watching. Please feel free to give us a follow on Twitter. Um, and a subscription on YouTube, if you don't mind. We will be back later this week, Sunday night, more than likely to talk about the Dallas Cowboys game. Fingers crossed. Have a great week, everybody. Until then, keep purring and keep pounding. <laughs>